Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 112 of the SCO Show. My name is Mark Schofield, back in the big chair for today, Thursday, May 28th, 2020. Got to say, brain working a little slowly today, actually tonight, as I record the show on Wednesday evening. What we're going to do today? Well, I've got a couple of things planned. We're going to see how much we get through. I definitely want to hit building a play script. I've got to piece it up that I kind of enjoyed putting together over a touchdown wire Talking about some nerdy football stuff, so I'm going to talk about that. We're also going to stack some quarterbacks. I took place in a little exercise um, in a Zoom chat with some other football minds on Wednesday, You know, trying to come up with a top 100, a consensus top 100 in the league. I really just had input on the quarterbacks and not even final voting, uh, but I wanted to sort of talk about that a bit. So I want to make sure we hit that. Um, if we have time, we'll talk some NFC East metrics that matter. Um, but we might not get to that until Monday's show, depending on how long we go. And let's be honest, as we get here almost into June, you don't have to stuff a lot into this single show if you can space things out a bit. So that's the plan for today. Before we get into the good stuff, your usual reminders at the outset, please follow along with the Twitter hijinks on the old Bird app, at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like Touchdown Wire, part of the USA Today Network, Uh Three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, right here at Pat's Pulpit. And of course, the Matt Waldman Rookie Scouting Portfolio. Going to have some more Jimmy Garoppolo stuff on the timeline uh, for you to peruse pretty soon. But let's dig into this sort of NFL 100 exercise, okay? And you may have seen this on Wednesday. It was sort of spearheaded by John Ledyard, um, now with Pewter Report, Um he also had Brandon Thorne, Eric Crocker, Trevor Sykema, Ted Wynn, Kirk Morrison, former NFL linebacker, um, now covers the NFL and college football for ESPN, and myself on at various points. It was really John, Brandon, Eric Crocker, and Ted Wynn who made the final decisions. But I came on to talk some quarterbacks. Uh, Trevor Sykema came on for a bit. Kirk Morrison came on to talk linebackers. And I was able to hear Kirk's... Um, breakdown of the linebacker, so it was really cool. If you go to tr- John Ledyard's timeline at Ledyard NFL Draft, you will see the sort of consensus 100 that they came up with. But I did sort of want to talk through a bit, you know, my participation in this, which was, like I said, I came on to talk about quarterbacks. And this was kind of the list that we started from. In getting to the top 100 quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. Like that was the list 
that we sort of talked about at the start. And I said when I first came on, look, Mahomes, Wilson, Lamar, Deshaun, Breeze, Brady, they're in. Like, they're locks as far as I'm concerned at the quarterback position when you're talking about a top 100. After that, it gets to be a little spotty. I then sort of went to the bottom of that list and I said Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. Like, Baker's not getting on this list right now. Like, he's not getting into an NFL top 100. He was woeful in the woeful in the pocket last year from a clean pocket. 16 interceptions from a clean pocket. That's not getting you into the top 100 of the NFL. Jared Goff, I think we've sort of seen what Jared Goff is to this point, right? He's an okay quarterback. But he's somebody that you win with, not somebody that elevates the level of play in those around you. And so I can't put him on a sort of top 100 NFL list. I can't get there with him. Ryan Tannehill, look, he had an elite year last year. You can point to sort of any number of metrics and make the case that Ryan Tannehill was an elite quarterback for the time that he saw the field in 2019. You know, you want to look at completion percentage above expectations. You want to look at adjusted net yards per attempt. You could look at any number of metrics and make the case that Ryan Tannehill had an elite season last year, and you'd be correct with that. But are we ready to go down the road of Ryan Tannehill, top 100 NFL player? I'm not convinced yet. And so I felt comfortable sort of leaving him on the edited room floor. Two guys I could sort of make a case for. Jimmy Garoppolo, look, led his team to a Super Bowl last year. Fourth in the NFL in adjusted completion percentage under pressure, 68.6. And he's somebody that plays the quarterback position well. I think he is aided in part by scheme which is why I feel comfortable leaving him off. And it's the same thing that can be said for Kirk Cousins, who also, look, you could point to some metrics as well with Kirk Cousins and say he was a top five quarterback last year. 73% adjusted completion percentage of PFF went under pressure. That's third in the league. You could also look at some other metrics with him. You could look at, you know, completion percentage... You know, adjusted completion percentage, you could look at completion percentage above expectation. You could look at adjusted net yards per attempt. In all of those categories, Kirk Cousins is right up there with everybody else. You know, seventh in adjusted net yards per attempt last year. It was 7.73 behind Ryan Tannehill, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, Lamar Jackson, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. And if you want to look at completion percentage above expectation, he did well there too. You know, the difference in his sort of adjusted completion percentage over expectation. So his completion percentage, 69.1. His expected completion percentage, and this is from Next Gen Stats, 63.6. That plus 5.5 was third best in the league behind Ryan Tannehill and Drew Brees. But like I said, similar to Garoppolo, I can't quite go down the top 100 player in the NFL. I'm very curious to see him this year under Gary Kubiak and not Kevin Stefanski to see if he has a similar season. Also curious to see what he's like without Stephon Diggs. But we'll see. And so those are some guys, those five guys didn't make it for me. 
Jared Goff, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield. Some guys that I thought maybe at least deserve to be discussed, ultimately not on it. I think Derek Carr, Phillip Rivers, Kyler Murray is going to get there someday. And Cam Newton, while he doesn't have a team, is still an extremely talented football player. But I think when you're trying to whittle it down to the top 100 players in the league, it's tough to get those guys on there. So then some tough decisions had to be made. And the guys that we really sort of ended up discussing the most after, again, Mahomes, Wilson, Lamar, Deshaun, Watson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, who all made it, was that sort of next tier. Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Dak Prescott. And with Stafford and Roethlisberger, the main sort of concern was health. You know, I'd invite you to all sort of, if you're interested, watch the video. It's like four hours long, but I'm on pretty early. I'm on in like the first hour. You can see the discussion, the way it sort of played out. With Stafford, he's a guy that was playing at an elite level last year before he got hurt. But it's the second year in a row that he's had this back injury issue. And so for me, that's a concern. And... I'm somebody that has called Matthew Stafford a top five quarterback in the past. I'm somebody that believes he's a top five talent at the position. If you're sort of scouting the quarterback position and you're checking the traits off, Matthew Stafford checks a lot of boxes. It's just the health concern for me. So that was a reason against him. Ben Roethlisberger, sort of same thing. We had a very interesting discussion about Aaron Rodgers, particularly vis-a-vis Dak Prescott, Brandon Thorne, asked me, you know, who would I take for 2020 in 2020 alone, Dak or Aaron Rodgers? And I said, in a vacuum, I would take Aaron Rodgers because let's face it, the guy's going to want to play out of his mind after that team just drafted Jordan Love. But if you're looking at their situations, Dak's going to get to throw to CeeDee Lamb, to Amari Cooper, to Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, Troy Pollard off the bench, Blake Jarwin. Like, that's an incredible base 11 personnel group. And we've got questions about what they're building around Aaron Rodgers. So while I think in a vacuum I'm taking Aaron Rodgers over Dak in the situation they're in next year, I might give the edge to Dak Prescott. Matt Ryan was also an interesting discussion. He had a down year last year. I've, I've talked about it on some other places. His lowest ANY since like 2013. I still think he's a good quarterback. I would feel comfortable sort of putting him on this list. But it's close. He was a bubble guy for me. You know, I made the strong case for Dak. I made a case for Rodgers. And I made a case for Carson Wentz as well. And it's sort of came down to my emotional appeal for Carson Wentz was the competitive toughness angle. I said, look, it matters at the position. He's a guy that's put himself on the line over and over and over again. And so when I sort of, you know, made my final pleas, the guys I was making the cases strongest for were Mahomes, Wilson, Lamar, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Like, those are the guys that I would have put on. But they can't all get on. And I ultimately didn't have final say. I stepped away, logged off, said goodbye on the Zoom call. 
Went back to my work, went for a run, came back home, checked my phone, and my phone was on fire. Because John Ledyard tweeted out the final list, and that quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, that's it, that's the list. These are not ranked in the position group. But that's it. So no Matt Ryan, no Matthew Stafford, no Ben Roethlisberger, no Carson Wentz. And my mentions have been in fuego. In fuego since then. A lot of people questioning Dak over Stafford and Dak over Matt Ryan. And again, I'd invite people to sort of look back to what Dak Prescott did last year. You know, you want to talk about that expected completion percentage and that completion percentage above expectation, plus 2-5 for Dak Prescott. He was ahead of Matt Ryan, slightly behind Matthew Stafford. But again, it's an injury thing with Matthew Stafford. You want to talk about adjusted net yards per attempt? Dak Prescott there at 6. Again, Matthew Stafford's at 5. It was an injury thing with Matthew Stafford. Matt Ryan, adjusted net yards per attempt, was 19th. I got a lot of Eagles fans push back on the no Carson Wentz thing. I made the emotional plea for him. Remember, I co-host an Eagles podcast about quarterbacks. And I couldn't look Michael Kist in the eye again if I didn't at least make the case. But ultimately, it wasn't up to me. I would have put him in, but it's not my list. Again, like for me, I would have, like I joked on the show, I'd have 32 quarterbacks on this list, but I can't. But I think guys, I mentioned the guys I would go to bat for, I run through them again, Mahomes, Wilson, Jackson, Watson, Breeze, Brady, Stafford, Rodgers, Ryan, Wentz, Dak. Like I'd go to bat for those guys on this list. But it was a fun exercise. I'd invite people to sort of check out the entire thing. Like, it's a four-hour video. Obviously, guys are getting roasted over it. We're all getting roasted over it. I'm, I don't want to spend too much time on other positions. I'm just going to mention Derrick Henry didn't make it, the NFL's rushing leader from a year ago, and that has Titans fans on full tilt right now. Yes, Jared Stidham wasn't in the discussion. The guy needs to play a little bit. Julian Edelman. Now, I was not a party to the wide receiver discussion, but Julian Edelman didn't make it. That, I thought, was a notable Patriot snub. Had I been a part of that discussion, I would have gone to the mattresses for Julian Edelman. I, I think he's a top 100 player in the NFL. I don't, you know, if you want to say he's not a Hall of Famer, fine. I think he's a Patriots Hall of Famer, and I'd put him in. Some other P- Patriots snubs? No Joe Tooney. No Shaq Mason. No Patriots offensive lineman. The only Patriots that made it on the defensive side of the ball, obviously Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty snuck in. No Dante Hightower. I would have made a case for him at linebacker, um, but I didn't get a chance. So I thought it was an interesting exercise. Again, you can check out the whole list. You can check out all that stuff on Twitter and YouTube and elsewhere. Just go to John Ledger's timeline. You'll find it. Up next, I'm going to do some nerdy football stuff. Talk about my game script. That's ahead on episode 112 of The Sco Show. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. 
Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 112 of the Sco Show. And went a little long in the first segment, so you're not getting NFC East metrics that matter until Monday's show. That's the breaks. What can I say? I know you're heartbroken over that. We'll go on. We're going to talk, though, some nerdy football stuff. Like I said, I did a piece over at Touchdown Wire that I wanted to talk about for a bit. Um, It's kind of an updated version of something I did over at Inside the Pylon a couple years ago, sort of building my game script. Um, The impetus for this, I don't know, you may have seen, but the Cleveland Browns are doing an auction to benefit coronavirus, COVID-19 relief. And one of the things that they are auctioning off is a chance to sit down with Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, and Alex Van Pelt, their offensive coordinator, and put together a game script of 15 plays for a preseason game, which is pretty cool. And as I wrote in the piece, there comes moments as a writer where, like, you know, a thunderclap from the gods, a, an idea of content hits you in the face. And this is one of those moments because you're listening to somebody that has never walked into a game of Madden or a game of NCAA football, you know, on the Xbox the PS3, the original Xbox, N64, without a game script. And I'm not talking just like in college when I had time to kick around or I wasn't paying attention in class, let's say, and I started, you know, putting together a script. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about like recently. Because, as I mentioned, look, our son Owen, he's in the other room right now, like a few feet away from me, playing Xbox, playing Madden. And when, you know, my wife and I decided it was okay for Owen to start firing up the Madden, I got on the sticks and made sure I had some plays that I was going to be ready to run to run against him. You know, you don't want to drop an L. Now, what was heartwarming was the fact that Owen wanted to play on the same team. So I appreciate that. But look, you you have the plays that you want to run. And so the idea of putting together sort of my game script is something that totally appeals to me. And so I put together by sort of situations the plays that I'm excited to call. You know, first up, first and second down passing plays, passing plays that I'm ready to run wherever we are on the field, sort of any situation safe or like third and lawn. I'm happy calling these. First up is Mesh, 92, whatever you want to call it. I love Mesh because it has basically an answer for everything. You know, if you go man, you've got the Mesh crossers. If you go zone, you've got, you know, they can sit down, they can check down, you can throw. 
you know, posts or corners away from those, away from the crossers. You know, you've got answers for everything. And it builds to the idea of mesh return, right? Where instead of the guys crossing underneath, they start to cross and then either sit down or then break back out. And there's a great play that I linked in here from the Patriots playbook, uh, 72 Haas X follow, where you've got Haas concept as well as the sort of mesh return underneath. And so I like the, the way those two plays sort of feed into each other. Then I've got curl flat or Hank, that mirrored curl flat concept with the sit route over the middle. I like that. And then two plays from a Kyle Shanahan playbook, either both bench or both swirl. And these are another mirrored route concept where you get on, say, both bench, you get, you know, the flat routes from the inside receivers and the deep out routes from the outside receivers. Or in both swirl, you get the inside receivers running that flat and the outside receivers, they're running what looks to be a corner, but then they sort of stop. So it's like a corner stop, a seven stop. And again, mirrored route concept, simple for the quarterback, pick your best side. Very nice little concept. And then we get into shot plays. You got to have some of those. I've got the whole sort of goalie peel whirl like design here where you've got the switch verticals concept. If it's goalie, the outside receiver runs a go. The inside receiver runs the out and out. If it's peel, you've got the post route on the outside and then the out and out. And then if it's whirl, you've got a curl route on the outside and then that wheel route or out and out. Um, I love those switch vertical concepts. You stress defenders. And then on the backside, you get a nice little levels concept in case that it's all shut down by, say, cover four or something. And then there's another one from the Patriots playbook. It's Haas Ringo D Sluggo, where you've got Haas to one side and you've got sort of a Sluggo route where you've got a flat route and then the slant and go. That's another beautiful shot play that I've got in there. Some run game stuff. You got your basics, your inside zone, your outside zone. I got a little wham concept. But let's get back to the passing plays, right? You're not here for run game action. Um, you got some RPOs, slant tag, hitch tag, your basic RPO concept. You show run, linebacker crashes, you're throwing either a hitch or a slant. Basic stuff. Then you've got some play action throwback stuff in there. A lot of Shanahan influence here. You've got your standard outside zone boot with the flood where you've got you know, tight end coming across, deep out route, guy in the flat, that three-level stretch read. And then you've got throwback or Y-leak where it's the same thing. And you've got cross, deep out, or deep over, flat route, but the tight end leaks away from you and comes up the opposite seam. You know, Shanahan calls that Y-leak. Sometimes people call it tight end throwback. You know, I think those are plays you want to have in there, especially building off that outside zone stuff. Then you, um, another pay, favorite play action play of mine is Mills off of play action where you've got the post and the dig. I love that off of inside zone or gap power play action because you're showing that free safety in the middle of the field, the guy that you're reading and hopefully high low and you're showing him a lot of stuff, that inside run right in front of him and then he's going to read dig post. He makes a decision. You make a decision based off of that. I love Mills off of inside zone or gap power play action. So that's another play that I want to have in there. Finally, we get to some screens, the third and long stuff, and the gotta have it play screen game. Clemson has an old playbook rooting around that has some great screens in there. You know, you've got dual screens, tunnel screens, stuff like that. I love Clemson's screen game because they usually seem to have dual screen elements where you've got run backs, running back screen to one side, 
tight end or tunnel screen or something else to the other side. Sometimes they even have both of those elements and a shot play built in. Like they have a screenplay stack right opposite Brown, Ohio, where you've got a running back screen to the right, a tunnel screen to the left, and your Z receiver that's to the running back screen side, he goes vertical while everybody else sets the block for the running back. So you can peek that look, and if you get a cheap one, you can throw it. Otherwise, you've got the screen setting up. Um, I love Clemson screen game, so you've got some Clemson screens in there. Third and lawn plays, you get two. Seattle, which is basically four verticals out of the three-by-one. Um, you see it in a ton of playbooks. Um, I have an example from Alabama's playbook in the piece. And again, all the stuff can convert based on single high, two high, etc. But you got that bender coming from right to left or left to right from the number three receiver crossing the face of the safety against a single high look. Um, against two high, you can sort of get across that other safety's face. I just, you know, four verticals. Everybody dials it up, right? So that's an easy one. And then I love 585. It's a, it's a bit of a throwback to my college days, but 585, it's a Coriel concept. You've got deep comeback routes along each sideline, the five routes. You've got a post route in the middle of the field. It gives you an answer for everything. If you get in single high cover three coverage, those corners have to respect the vertical release, so they're going to give up ground against the five route, the comeback, breaking back. If it's too high, that post route will split them. And if it's cover four, again, there's no help for those, for those corners vertically. So they'll be playing and letting that stuff come up in front of them. So it, again, has answers for everything. If you get tight man coverage, most of the time you will convert those to goes, those comeback routes. If you get, say, man coverage, cover zero, cover one, you'll convert those to goes. It's a little bit easier to just accelerate away from press or man coverage than run the comeback. But it can still work. If you've got, say, off-man coverage, you can still run it either way. We converted it in college. Not everybody does. Um, but I love 585. And finally, look, the gotta-have-it play, the one that, look, you need a first down, you need a touchdown, you need something. Flanker drive. And I love sort of running flanker drive out of 12 or 21 personnel where you start maybe with a tight end in the backfield, motioning them out, getting that sort of pre-snap declaration from the defense, and then running the drive concept underneath. We've got the Z on the shallow, either the tight end or another tight end if you're in 12, um, or if you're in 21, maybe again the tight end, working that sort of dig route over the top of it, sort of occupying the safeties to clear up space for that receiver. Maybe you leak that half back out into the flat. I've got a Gruden example of flanker drive in there. I think, look, that's my gotta have it play. If it's short yardage, another one that I really like out of trips is 1 2 2 or 2 2 1, depending on which side of the field you're throwing it to. If it's trips left, it's 2 2 1. If it's trips right, it's 1 2 2. Yeah. Where the two outside receivers and the trips are on slants, and that inside number three guy releases to the flat. If you get man coverage, it's a great short yardage, two point conversion type play because you create so much traffic, especially if you're getting tight man coverage where that. Release of the flat, the one route we called it in college, is always open. So there you go. That's sort of my game script. I think you could have a lot of fun sort of sitting down and putting together game scripts. It's a fun little exercise. Um, I'd highly recommend that you do it sometime, even if it's just to play Madden. So you know what works and what doesn't. But that will do it for today. Thanks for listening to me ramble and do some nerdy football stuff. I will be back Monday. We'll do some NFC East metrics that matter. Maybe some more summer scouting series with Jimmy Garoppolo. I've got some more stuff coming up on him. Until then, friends, stay safe. Check in on your neighbors. Wash those hands. We're near the end of this 
light at the end of the tunnel and all that. So just a little bit longer, push through, do the right thing. And as you wash those hands, sin along and bless those Patriots reigns down in Foxborough.